Welcome to Today's Issues, offering a Christian response to the issues of the day. Here's your host, Tim Wildman, President of the American Family Association. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the uh, Today's Issues program here on American Family Radio. I'm Tim Wildman with Fred Jackson. Good morning, Fred. Good morning, Tim. Chris Woodward. Good morning. Dr. Frank Turk will be with us in a little bit. Uh, Ray Pritchard's in Kansas City. Good morning, Ray. Hey, Tim. How you doing this morning? Doing well. Uh, sat down to watch a national championship football <laughs> game, and and that was over before it ever started, wasn't it? You know, I think we got about five good minutes out of that, you know? TCU scored their one and only touchdown, and yeah. we all thought, we got a little game here. And, oh, baby. Yeah. Oh, baby. And Georgia put an unmerciful beat down. And I mean unmerciful beat down on uh, TCU. I have a friend, Tim, who is down in the Dallas area, and it's a good guy, and a big TCU family. And they went to the game in Atlanta. And last last week I was talking to him. We were just talking about something. You mean in Phoenix? Uh, I guess in Phoenix. I'm sorry. When in they Phoenix. played Michigan? Yes. yes. Yeah, okay, okay. Gotcha. So they, they flew out from Texas to Phoenix and then back to Texas. And he told me on Wednesday, he said, it's going to cost me thousands, but we're going to go out to the game in Los Angeles. I said, well, it's once in a lifetime. Right. I'm, I haven't talked to him since last night, but I'm thinking maybe he should ask for his money back. You know, <laughs> really? That was that, that, was, that was an awful beating yesterday. You know, usually I don't feel sorry for grown men, but <laughs> I was feeling sorry for those boys from TCU. And, and they earned, you know, they had a great season. Uh-huh. uh-huh. And only lost one game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then they ran into a. Georgia, which actually should be in the uh, National Football League. Right. <laughs> uh, but anyway, congratulations to the Georgia Bulldogs. That was their second uh, uh, national championship in a row. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if you're a fan of a team, you like to see your team destroy other teams. But for sure. the average fan out there, just they just they we just want to see a good football game, you know, or a good contest, especially a national championship. And, man, that was just like uh, – a total and complete obliteration. All right. Well, um, uh, Frank Turek will be with us a little bit later on. And uh, uh, Dr. Frank Turek, he's the author of I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist. And we're going to talk with him. And then Jenna Ellis will be on with us at the bottom of the hour. So if you want to join us on what Ed Vitagliano affectionately calls that their internet, You can go to Facebook, uh, just type in Today's Issues, and we live video stream the show there. We also post the stories that we discuss there, so you can have that information for yourself firsthand, see where we get our stories. Uh, Or if you want to go to our streaming service, streaming.afa.net, streaming.afa.net, streaming.afa.net. Go there. You can watch the show live. We video stream uh, that and several of our programs here on uh, American Family Radio. Christopher, what's leading the news this morning? Well, this is a big topic uh, that we are going to continue to talk about later this hour, Lord willing, with uh, our guest, Jen Ellis, that Tim just mentioned. Uh, but President Lord willing, is there like something going to happen? Oh, we now, like no a one meteor knows, is going to hit us? Or no something? one knows the future. We, well, we that's could all be next, called away so, home right now. Okay, so the next 22 minutes, we don't know what's going to happen, so 
Thus, Chris's expression, Lord willing. I just wondered if there was something you knew that we didn't oh, no. know, Chris. <laughs> no, no, no. I am, I'm no prophet. Okay, go ahead. Uh, I'm still I'm still just a, discipling, a disciple in progress. Nonetheless, um, the question or the story that I'm presenting here is in, uh, in involving President Biden. Uh, he's refusing to explain why he has classified files from his time as vice president locked away at a so-called think tank bearing his name. This is the uh, Penn Biden Center for Diplomacy and Global Engagement. Uh, and here's where it gets really, really interesting, guys. Documents were located in November, six days before the midterms. But this stuff has just now kind of entered the news cycle far away from the midterm elections. Uh, and this was a, a think tank or office near the White House, about a mile away or so, uh, and folders containing classified documents from then-Vice President Joe Biden were said to be in a locked closet. All of this, of course, has caused people like Donald Trump to go, wait a minute, where's the raid on Don, or Joe Biden's uh, properties, his many homes, or perhaps even the White House? Because, as we have talked about on this show, uh, Donald Trump had his home how, raided by FBI right, Explain agents. to me how this transpired now. Well, who knows about that? Well, basically, when <clears throat> Joe Biden left the vice presidency, he set up this uh, so-called Penn Biden Center. Mm -hmm. It's about a mile from the White House. Right. And uh, What do they do there at the Penn Biden Center? Well, I guess he, he, held, he held court, you know, for people wanting to drop by and say hello. Maybe some representatives. Oh, you mean when he was v when he was out of office as VP? Between yes. VP and the time he decided yeah, he, to run. He stayed there. Yeah, he may, you know, people drop by, some yeah. Chinese representatives, perhaps. <laughs> Fred. Wanted to see the big guy. Fred. That's bad, Fred. <laughs> anyway, some, some, we're checking that they out. They looking seriously. for the big guy, weren't they, Fred? They were looking for the big guy, exactly. But anyway, that's where he held court. Uh, but on November 2nd, last fall, huh? just before the election, apparently uh, they were going in to clean out a closet at the Penn Biden Center. And they said, oh, oh, my golly, here's some documents. And they're classified documents. But you know what? We just we just got through just trashing Donald Trump over having alleged classified documents down in Mar-a-Lago. So we're going to keep this quiet because it's so close to the election. So nobody knew about this. We just found out about it yesterday. Mm -hmm. This is we just found out about it yesterday. So, needless to say, a lot of people are pointing to comments uh, from people like Adam Schiff, Hillary Clinton, Nancy Pelosi, what they had to say about where you're going with the this. documents. But rather than me paraphrase what these folks were saying when they on the documents at Merrill Largo, let's have a listen to what they had to say. Cut number three. If uh, the Trump people represented that they provided all the classified or national security information and didn't, uh, that's a serious problem. No one is above the law. Yep. And the rule of law in a democracy, um, you know, has to be our standard. No person is above the law, not even the president of the United States, not even a former president of the United States. So there okay, you so it. that's when they were commenting when Mar-a-Lago was raided, and they said yes. the Justice Department, the slash FBI, said Trump had um, uh, what do you call them classified, classified documents mm -hmm. in boxes mm -hmm. in a room at the yeah. as his residence. Yes. Okay, and then the Democrats, the liberal media went crazy. Mm -hmm. Now, and the FBI went crazy. 
Yes, and they raided. They raided. The, so now we have a situation where um, Biden had, uh, while he was v, well, while he was out of when he was vice president. Yes. Evidently, what happened? He took boxes of stuff with him. Mm-hmm. Those that boxes of stuff had classified documents. Yes. And they just discovered this. Mm-hmm. They've been sitting in a. Well, they actually discovered November second. November second, but I mean, it's like been how long? Say he'd been out of, you know, out of the White House. I mean, several years, right? So yes. Mm-hmm. They discovered these. Um, I tell you what, Ray. I mean, I'm all for honesty and transparency, but if I'm the person that discovered these, I'm putting them back in there and moving on. That's right. To Thanksgiving, right. to, to my Thanksgiving dinner. That's right. Just don't even don't even worry about it, right? But I don't know whose voice it was, Fred, in that little clip you played, but uh, who said the president is not above the law. Right. Does that include Democrat, Democratic presidents? I guess we're going to find out, right? It, it's not a good look for Vice President, for now President Biden, mm-hmm. or is it President Harris? He keeps telling Kamala Harris I president. I don't know if they co-president I, or what. Anyway, uh, so now, you know, the Republicans can say uh, – Nana and the boo boo, we got you too. Yes, uh, you did the same thing. You took documents that were classified from the White House, and you know, then the Republicans or Trump's going to come back and say, well, "Yes, but I could declassify them because I was president. You actually were vice president. You didn't have the constitutional authority to correct to declassify." Now, I would say this: I don't think a president has carte blanche. Is that the way you say it mm-hmm. in French? We. Mm-hmm. Oui. I don't. Uh, thank you, Chris. Yeah. To just declassify anything and everything he wants to, and take what take whatever they want when they leave the White House. I think that's ridiculous. Um, but I think what you got going on here probably. I'll, I'll I'll give the benefit of the doubt to both men, Trump and Biden. I don't think Trump knew what they boxed up, and no. took. No. Did he? No, he didn't go through no all way. those files. No, no. Somebody box, took some boxes. Right. They were sitting around the White House. They put them in the back of a truck, took them down to Mar-a-Lago, and they've been sitting there ever since. Right. That's right. that's what I think. Yeah. Biden, same thing. Yes. Somebody took some boxes from his office, put them in a room at his, whatever you call it, his office. Penn Biden. Mm-hmm. And they've been sitting there ever since. Uh, and, yeah. Technically, probably violated the law, but I would say neither man had any uh, ill intent. That's that's my view. People may disagree. Go but ahead. this does present a problem for the Attorney General of the United States because he's under pressure right. to lay some charges yes, he is. against former President Trump. Now this story comes out. Right. What you going to do? Right. Mr. Attorney they General. Come for you. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Ray, what are your thoughts on this before we move on to the next topic here? I guess it's just completely unsurprising. And, Tim, I'm inclined to agree with you. I don't think Mr. Trump, he didn't pack his own boxes. No. Before. No. He didn't no. do that. Somebody else threw that stuff. And, look, things, look, in the Trump White House, things were chaotic in those last few weeks. A lot of stuff right. going on. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm quite willing to say Mr. Trump didn't, he didn't pack that stuff. Joe Biden didn't either. But let's just have equal weights and measures here. Right. If you're going to condemn Mr. Trump, 
same thing goes for Joe Biden. Yeah. I mean, really, you do. My guess is this will lead to everything being dropped and, you know, against President Trump on that regard. in that regard. That's that's what I think will probably happen. All right. Well, now joining us from uh, the great state of North Carolina is our good friend, Dr. Frank Turk. He's with us most Tuesdays, but he feels like it. <laughs> and he's not traveling somewhere uh, on some college campus. Uh, uh Doing a good work, mm-hmm. uh, that is uh, sharing the gospel and the evidence for the Bible and God. And he joins us now. Dr. Frank, how you doing, brother? Lord willing, I'm doing fine. Where, where are you today, Lord willing? <laughs> something something going to happen there I don't know I, about I'm either? here in Charlotte. You never know. Christopher's right. We could just be taken out at any moment. Just like last week when DeMar Hamlin thought, you know, and everyone thought he could be gone, right? We could mm-hmm. be gone right. in a heartbeat. Right. That's yeah. right. It's That's true. true. Don't well, forget that. That's true. Uh, uh, I don't know exactly how to respond to that, but I'll, I'll move on to the. It's a fact. Yeah, it, it is a fact. There's nothing I can say that will change that. Mm-hmm. All right, Lord willing, for the next five or six minutes, I'd like you to answer a couple questions for us. Yes, sir. Your ministry is basically ba- dedicated to Christian apologetics. True. That's right. Trying to give evidence for the faith. We're not apologizing. We're giving evidence that it's actually true. Right. Apologetics, for those who don't know, means evidence for or reasons for. I basically synopsize that correctly. Uh, now, all right, I want you to talk about uh, the, the the question at hand this week. We're going we're gonna to review some of the, as this new year starts, we're going to review some of the fundamentals of Christian apologetics. And uh, let's start this week with how do we know there is a God? Wow. Our gods. Yeah. Yeah, I think when somebody asks you that question, you ought to say, I know God by his effects. In other words, uh, we reason from effect to cause. For example, if there's a creation, that's the effect. There must be a cause, a creator. If there's design, that's the effect. There must be a cause, a designer. If there's a moral law written on our hearts, there we know basic right and wrong, that's the effect. We reason back to a moral law giver. If we have the ability to think and know true things outside of our outside of our skulls, that's the effect. We have this ability to reason, then we're reasoning back to a mind. If there's evidence that a man predicted and accomplished his own resurrection from the dead and he actually did it, that's the effect. We're reasoning back to a cause, someone who could raise somebody from the dead, God. So we're always reasoning from effect to cause. That's what scientists do. And this is the basic argument Paul makes in Romans chapter 1 when he says the Gentiles are not of the law of the law written on their hearts. Well, he says that, he says that in Romans chapter 2. In Romans chapter 1, he says that God's invisible qualities are clearly seen. His invisible qualities are clearly seen so that men are without excuse. They're seen by what has been made. There's effects, creation, what has been made. And you see what's been made, and you reason back to a cause, a creator. So we know God by his effects. Even if you think you have a personal religious experience, that God has somehow come to you in a dream or a vision or spoken to you somehow, that's an effect, and you're reasoning back to a cause, that God is the cause of that effect. So you're always reasoning from effect to cause. This is why traditionally, by the way, theology was always seen as the queen of all sciences. Because you're reasoning from effect to cause, and theology takes into account all the other sciences. It takes into account physics and biology and history and psychology and and, and every kind of, of science out there, how it all fits under one rubric of God's truth. So we know God by his effects. That's the easiest way. 
All right, Frank, <clears throat> you go to college campuses all the time, correct? Yes. So I'm going to be one of those smart Alex students out there. I'm going to put up my hand. And You're not say, quite as smart as those students. I'm sorry, Fred. Okay, yeah, I know. Not as smart and not much of a smart Alex. There's a difference. Yeah, yeah, because you see, when I was 17, I knew everything. Right. Okay. I seem to have lost it. So go ahead. Oh, yeah, but, Mr. Frank, mm-hmm. we know evolution has been proven. Everybody knows that we all came out of the goo mm. and we all evolved from a, a cell. Everybody knows that. Does that disprove well, God or something? Yeah. Everybody. How does that disprove God might be a question for him. You're right. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. what say you? Well, first of all, I'd ask him, what do, you, what do you mean by evolution? Give me give me your definition of evolution. Because if you mean change over time, we all agree with that. But if you mean molecules to man without intelligent intervention, I don't. I not only think there's no good evidence for that. There's evidence against that. But look, even if you're right about evolution, that doesn't get rid of the need for a creator. You still need someone to create the universe, fine tune the universe, create the first life, even if subsequent life forms have been guided by some natural process. And oh, by the way, the natural process is guided by natural laws. Where do natural laws come from? They come from lawgivers. So even if you were to say that macroevolution were true, and again, I don't think it is, but even if it were, it doesn't get rid of the need for a creator or a designer. Right. So, Frank, does does science, I suppose I'm asking, following up on what Fred just asked you, so the student hears that answer, and I guess a follow-up to that would be, does science considered, broadly considered, does it? prove or help prove or disprove the existence of God, or is the question of God's existence completely outside the realm of, quote, science and science, that's a great, scientific that's a great discovery? That's question, Ray. It depends on how we define science. If uh, the, the, the current definition of science that many people adhere to in our culture is science deals with cause and effect inside the natural world. Well, if that's the case, how could science say anything about a cause outside the natural world, i.e. Hmm. God? So if someone says that, if science just, just deals with natural causes, if that's their definition, notice the philosophical definition they're imposing on science, if that's their definition, then science doesn't say anything about God. In fact, science doesn't say anything. Scientists say things, right? Science doesn't say a word. Without human beings, there'd be nothing, there'd be no science. So scientists say things. Science doesn't say a word. But if you're going to say, can we detect uh, signs of intelligent activity uh, in the natural world, and I think the answer to that is yes. Uh, the cell itself, I mean, Fred brought up the cell. If you just look at the cell, you realize the cell is something that is far more complicated than even human minds have developed. And if a human mind can't develop something, why do we think blind natural forces can do so? No, the cell itself, particularly the genome, the the, the, the four-letter genetic alphabet that comprises DNA, our software program we call our genome, all of that appears to be the product of intelligence. I always give the example, if you're walking along the beach and you see John loves Mary in the sand, you don't think the waves did that, right? You don't think uh, crabs came out of the water and, and scrawled John loves Mary in the sand. You immediately go, that's got to be a mind. That's got to be a John or a Mary that did that. Well, think about John Loves Mary that's 3.5 billion letters long. That's in every one of your 100 trillion cells. Where does that come from? If John Loves Mary requires intelligence, then a John Loves Mary message that's 3.5 billion letters long also does. 
So I think you can get to some sort of intelligence by looking at biology or looking at physics. Now, who is the cause of that? That's another question. From that, you've got a reason philosophically to say the best explanation would be somebody we would call God. Hmm. Yeah, we're not going to have time uh, this week, obviously. To, we're talking about an hour or two lectures here that Frank usually gives. Uh, next week, I would like uh, to explore them. You know, we can talk about uh, who does God exist. Then next week, I'd like to look at uh, do do we know this as the God of the Bible? Does the God of right. the Bible exist? Because that's two separate questions. But yeah, um, I remember my dad used to use uh, sort of an example like you guys are talking about here in a sermon that he would give on the existence of God. And um, he would uh, use an example. He said, uh, uh, I was watching, this is my dad talking, he, I was watching PBS, and this is this would have been 40 years ago, and they were doing a special on, uh, you know, where life began, how life began, and they took it back, uh, all the way back to the cell, C-E-L-L, okay? All the way back to the cell, and, and but then they stopped. Mm. It was like the credits for the <clears throat> film rolled. You know, for the documentary role, whatever was special. And they, so you got one, you took it back to one living cell, but they never said, well, where did that, if you, even if you can take it back, life back to that, where does that one living cell come from? It had to come from somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know, it had to come from somewhere, some explanation. So, <clears throat> um, you know, I think, uh, as I said, the, the question of whether the God of the Bible is, is God, which obviously we do, we wouldn't be here today. But to, to, right, I mean, uh, Frank, I guess I could better appreciate somebody who said, you know what, I'm an agnostic. That is to say, I don't know uh, about God, uh, who God is. But to say categorically there is no God, I'm an atheist. <clears throat> when you look at the things you've just described, Frank, and you look at uh, the complexity of, of the world and, uh, the human body and uh, all the things that you mentioned to deny that there is no God and just to say, I don't believe in God at all. I, I don't see how, I don't see how somebody can do that. Uh, and well, that, go ahead. That's why I always ask them the question. If Christianity were true, would you become a Christian? Most of the time they'll say no, because it's not a matter of the head. It's a matter of the heart. You see, they don't want there to be a God because they want to be God of their own lives. They're not on a truth quest or on a happiness quest. And they think having the freedom to do whatever they want will make them happy. The problem is you can make yourself happy over the short term doing a lot of fun but sinful things. Yet over the long term, it's a disaster. And most of the people listening to yeah. us who are over 40 knows what, know, know what we're talking about here because a lot of times we try that ourselves, right? I'm going to do it my way. I don't need God. Unfortunately, most people are looking for God like a criminal is looking for a cop. Mm. Right? They're not interested. Yeah. Hey, uh, by the way, there were no atheists on the football field when the Buffalo Bills player went down. Nope. Uh, there was about uh, 100, 100 players all praying. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Uh, and, and however they understood prayer, they were on their knee. Uh, all right, so uh, uh, Frank, uh, by the way, you can join Frank. You can listen to this radio station and join Frank every Saturday morning at 9 o'clock with the show I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist. Heard Saturdays at 9 o'clock Central Time and Sunday afternoons at 4 o'clock Central Time right here on American Family Radio. Also, what's your website, Frank? 
crossexamine.org. And this week we're going to have Elisa Childers and Tasha Crane on to talk about how you can remain unshaken in a world crumbling under our feet. All right. Uh, well, thanks, Frank. Take care. Have a good day, brother. Thanks, brothers. God bless you. Okay. Lord See willing. You. All right. <laughs> I just let the record show. Dr. Frank Turek said, quote, Christopher is correct. Yes, Christopher. <laughs> Christopher. <clears throat> All right. Uh, we shall return. Jenna Ellis will be with us in a few minutes. Uh, we'll talk to her. Lord willing. <laughs> AFR programming is now available on Alexa. You're joking, right? Nope, not joking. Seriously? Yep, this is not a drill. Wait a minute, no way. There's a way, the Alexa way. So if you just happen to miss your favorite shows, no worries. You can now listen to each podcast with Alexa. It's simple and it's free. Just visit AFR.net forward slash apps and click Alexa. We're not joking. Ever wanted to take a tour of somewhere you've always desired to see, but you didn't want to work at putting the whole thing together? Well, guess what? Problem solved. If you've been wanting to go to our nation's capital, Washington, D.C., but you don't want to have to map out everything and plan everything, we've got it all solved for you. Our spiritual heritage tours, all you got to do is show up and get on the bus and have a smile on your face. That's all you got to do. And the rest is taken care of in June and September. We'll see our nation's capital together, believers and listeners from all over the country. The website for the dates, the cost, and everything you need to know about these two trips in June and September is spiritualheritagetours.com. Spiritualheritagetours.com. We also go to Colonial Williamsburg and Jamestown in September. Spiritualheritagetours.com. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Stern. Stand by for news and commentary next. Uh, my goal as a teacher is, is to impart knowledge and then be able then for them to take it and turn it into wisdom. As we teach, I think, okay, five years down the road, how will the material that I am teaching them really affect their lives and their careers? Hi, Todd Starnes here. Truett offers biblically-centered degree programs. Check out truett.edu slash Starnes. Mars is offering an all-female brand of M&Ms, the candy that melts in your mouth, not in your hands. The candy company says their feminist-friendly candy wrappers will honor gals who have flipped the status quo. They also plan to donate up to a half million dollars to a nonprofit that helps women in the music industry. The new packages will feature only the green, brown, and purple candies designed to look ladylike-ish. Last year, M&M's introduced the purple spokes candy designed to represent acceptance and inclusivity. And the green candy was given a makeover to make her more manly. Back in 2078 headlines by introducing a lesbian candy couple, the candy company launched an advertising campaign featuring a green M&M and a brown M&M holding hands. You know, something tells me the all-new politically correct M&Ms might have a bitter aftertaste. If it's all the same, I'll just satisfy my sweet tooth with Little Debbie. It doesn't taste woke. I'm Todd Starnes. For we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God in an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 1. American Family Radio. 
This is today's issues. Email your comments to comments at AFR.net. Past broadcasts of today's issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now, back to more of today's issues. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to the uh, program Today's Issues on American Family Radio. Thanks for listening. I'm Tim Wildman with Fred Jackson, Chris Woodward. We're in Tupelo, MS, and in Kansas City, KS, is our good friend Ray Pritchard. Ray, how's that uh, daily Bible reading going? Oh, we are. We are rolling right along, Tim. Today we were in uh, Genesis 30 and 31, uh, talking about Jacob and Laban and all the trickeration that happened between the two of them. And uh, I got to say, to all of our AFR listeners, we've had a lot of AFR folks Come on over to keepbelieving.com. I know that because they have sent messages. And so, Tim, thank you for mentioning it. And uh, we're having a great time. Long way to go to get to the book of Revelation. Long way to go, but we're off to a pretty good start. But you do have a plan to finish by the end of the year the whole Bible, right? 100%. 100%. Yeah. Okay. And and the, the, the plan with its daily readings, it's on keepbelieving.com. It's a PDF so you can go there, download the PDF, and then, you know, I look, I don't think very many people are going to watch 365 videos in a row. I get that. So you can, you know, f- just read along at your own pace and then join, watch the video anytime you want to. Yeah, so if you get behind or if you want to join now, you can join now. Mm-hmm. You Absolutely. You start, start picking up on January the 10th So because you're cataloging. Right, you're, you're archiving all the video readings of the scripture. Right. So if somebody joins us in April, right, but they want to go back and pick up, right, it's it's going to be there. God will, God willing, it's going to be there forever. Right. So you, you mentioned earlier you're doing this for the uh, well. One of the reasons you're doing it is for our posterity, right? Well, it, it's a legacy project right. for me. You reach seventy and you start thinking about that, and uh, I felt honestly. Tim, I don't know that I have ever felt as compelled in my whole life to do anything as to read the Bible and do it online because it is God's word. And I want after I'm gone, gone to heaven, I want my kids and grandkids, my friends and family members to say, well, he loved the word of God and he read it out loud for people to join in with. And it, it's been a thrilling experience. And you know, one thing, one, the other thing, final thing I'll say is, when you read it out loud, you discover two things. Number one, there's a lot you didn't know, even after a lifetime of studying it. And number two, there's some really difficult names to pronounce in the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. There's yeah, you're right about that, man. There. Huh? Um, go ahead, Fred. Uh, it's interesting. Ray was mentioned where he is right now in Genesis. I've, I've just finished reading that story of Jacob. And he goes to um, his uncle's. And Laban, is it? Right, yeah. right, Laban, right. And he works five years because he thinks he's going to marry Rachel. Mm-hmm. And Laban mm-hmm. plays a bit of a trick on him. Uh-huh. And I'll he, say. And he finds out the morning <laughs> after the wedding. How did that happen? This isn't Rachel. This <laughs> is Leah. Some details are left out. They didn't right? have electricity back then. Yes. Uh, and, and then he works another seven years for Rachel. Rachel yeah. must have been a real looker. Right. She she must have been beautiful. Oh, man. I think he ever held that over her head. I worked 14 <laughs> years for you. <laughs> oh, my I, I word. Know. There, there are details in the story 
We're, we're giving the high points, Fred. Some, we, some <laughs> right. questions won't be answered until we get to heaven. Have That's to right. Ask about that, yeah. yeah. But there's just a lot of there's a lot of trickeration going on there, and what you really see on the on the upside is the good hand of God. Yes, working through human weakness, fallibility, and that messed up people like us. Yes. God gets His work done on earth. It's actually very encouraging to read that. <laughs> You're right. It is encouraging that God can take wrecks of human beings. That's right. Deception and all the worst that he, mm-hmm. God still works his sovereign plan through all of that. That's right. All right. You're listening to the uh, radio program today's issues on American Family Radio. Well, one of our uh, newest programs here on AFR is from 7 to 8 o'clock Central Time each weekday morning. <clears throat> that would be 8 to 9 o'clock Eastern Time. And uh, you folks... Rocky Mountains in uh, the West Coast, adjust your clocks. Uh, but uh, Jenna Ellis is the host of Jenna Ellis in the Morning right here on AFR. And uh, she started January the 2nd. Second. Mm-hmm. And Jenna joins us now from our nation's capital. Good morning, Jenna. Good morning. So great to be back with y'all. I wish I was there in Tupelo like last time, though. It was so great to join you all in studio and receive a very warm welcome from the AFR family. Hey, you're going to be with us in April, right? For the yes. Sherathon, you're coming down for that. How do yes. you get, uh, How do you? How did you get from DC to Tupelo last time? I flew into Memphis and drove down, and it was actually a really pretty drive. So yeah, uh, yeah, that was the easiest way. All right, so Jenna. <clears throat> Uh, by the way, how have you liked doing your, you better, I'm expecting some good things to be said here because if you, if you don't like doing the show, it's too late because you already signed up. That's true. Go ahead and talk about your new show and the callers and everything. Yeah, so it's been so fantastic, and I've just received a really warm welcome from all of the listeners, and especially the callers who have called in are just a very smart and engaging audience and have been very kind, as I know I'm filling um, some really big shoes from Sandy Rios, uh, who's now doing her podcast, and um, very dear friend. And so uh, that transition, I know, was um, was interesting for some listeners who've loved to listen to her over the years, um, and seeing that uh, they are advocating for and encouraging me and taking over her time slot uh, really meant a lot Mm. to me. And so uh, the callers have been fantastic in talking about issues uh, in our culture, in politics, from a Christian worldview perspective, and from a constitutional conservative perspective as well. So we've addressed yeah. uh, the top trending headlines. And of course, um, I didn't expect for the first week of radio to be all about the Speaker McCarthy fight. So I had a number of uh, Congress members join the program to talk about that. But, uh, but it's really great to be here in Washington to have those kinds of relationships. A lot of these members, like Marjorie Taylor Greene, who came on, um, even Chip Roy, who I've gotten to know just recently, but a lot of these members and their staff I've known for years. And so uh, being able to, to bring them on and have these conversations, um, I think, has been really great for the AFR audience. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I know I've enjoyed the interviews and the topics that you've covered, and you obviously know a lot of folks there in our nation's capital. It's funny you mentioned to Sandy because <clears> – <throat> I text Sandy the other day, and I said, uh, you know, Jenna is your ideological clone. <laughs> but I said, you know what? Uh, I think she's to your right. Oh. And, <laughs> and Sandy said, wait, no, that's not even possible. Uh, I, I was just, you know, joking around. But I, and, uh, what I'm saying is 
uh, 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 Jenna brings uh, uh, the same uh, ideology in terms of her uh, love for the Bible and her love for the Constitution and her uh, adeptness at keeping up with current events and keeping our listeners informed day to day, as you have been, Jenna. You mentioned the, uh, the speaker's fight and so forth. Let me ask you this uh, one question. Why was that so important? <clears throat> because uh, I was disappointed in the way that the 20 House Freedom, uh, the Freedom Caucus and members were were presented and treated, even by people like Mark Levin and Sean Hannity. And I don't know how Laura Ingram handled it or Tucker Carlson. I, I don't know how they handled it, but um, that, uh, I, I just think that the, it was so unfair, in my view, to the way these guys and ladies were treated when they were fighting for things that today we all go, um, you know, these were worthwhile things to fight about. Um, go, go ahead, comment on that. Yeah, and, and that is common sense to, I think, all of us outside the Beltway who view Congress as truly representing we the people. And so to see this, uh, most of the mainstream media have such fidelity to the establishment. You mentioned Mark Levin and Sean Hannity. Well, you know, Paul Ryan is on the board of Fox News, and it's no big secret that Fox is completely hand in hand uh, with the establishment. And so we always have to be careful, uh, even in media personalities, what is their bias? Who do they work for? I've been really proud of Tucker Carlson, uh, who's a friend for standing up to that and knowing that he has probably the biggest platform on Fox. He did champion and support the 20 and said, this is democracy at work. Um, so, So I think it's more of the Republican establishment base that doesn't want to yield in the same way they didn't want to yield to Donald Trump when he first came into office because there's such an entitlement mentality in this town. I was confronted with that when I came in just, you know, as a, as a regular lawyer from Colorado who loves my country, who understands the Constitution, and President Trump um, just picked me to to come to to DC but I hadn't moved my way up through the ranks I hadn't done all the networking and the black tie events and all of these other ridiculous things that this town thinks is so necessary so I was confronted with that same mentality of who are you and why do you belong here and why do we care well that's how they're treating the 20 for saying who are you and you're just the 10% and why do we care you need to sit down shut up and go along with the status quo and I'm grateful for people like Chip Roy Matt Gates, Lauren Boebert from my uh, hometown in Colorado for standing up and saying, no, I was elected by people in my district and my vote is just as important as your vote. So hopefully the mainstream media will get a clue, but that's why different outlets, especially this radio network, and as people are starting to turn off all of the legacy media, they're wanting to see commentary that and, and elected officials that truly represent our American values. Talking to Jenna Ellis, who's the host of Jenna Ellis in the Morning on AFR uh, from 7 to 8 o'clock each weekday morning. Chris, go ahead. Yeah, Jenna, you and I are around about the same age, uh, certainly of the same uh, generation. Um, And there are news outlets, news personalities, and politicians that would have young people to believe they're not going to get anywhere in the world or they're not going to be well-liked unless they're liberal. Um, What is your advice to a young person or maybe a young lady out there who cares about her country wants to see things done well for everybody uh, at a time in which everybody just expects him or her to be a liberal. 
Yeah, that's a great question. And I would say we all have to remember that our first calling is to be a Christian and live Christianly. And if we remember who our audience is, I serve an audience of one, and that is my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And after that, God doesn't guarantee that we're going to be well-liked. He doesn't guarantee that we're going to be popular, have the most followers on social media, but none of those things ultimately matter. My platform, to the extent that God has blessed me with it and will continue uh, to amplify my voice, I am here to speak his truth and speak the truth, which is that God is the person of truth, regardless of anything else. So we have to get out of this mentality that what other people think matters and what the popular uh, perspective is in the media. And so I have always uh, been taught by my parents who, of course, homeschooled me all the way through. They're uh, my, my greatest mentors. They always told me the only people whose opinion matters are the people who you want respect from, and those are the people that you respect. So when I have all of these haters on social media who are slamming me for various things or people saying, I literally had a guy the other day on Facebook that said, you know, you're not really that hot. And I, and I responded and I said, you know, well, good thing that that's not my goal in life, you know, to just be the hottest news person. I mean, that, that doesn't matter to me. Yeah. What matters is that I get the respect <clears throat> from the Christians who are truly serving the common goal of Christ. And so if you want to be used of God, then continue to walk daily in Christ and just pray the same prayer that Isaiah did in the Bible saying, here I am, Lord, send me. And I can attest in my life, I never thought I would get to serve a sitting president or um, get to do to host a, a national daily radio program, but I am willing to do this and to go where God sends me because ultimately I serve Him and I'm so grateful because I know I would have never done any of this without Him opening the doors. I, I got the opposite problem. I had a, somebody say, "You are hot" the other day, <laughs> <laughs> on, on, and it was embarrassing. Quite frankly, I, I mean, but uh, well, you know, life goal fulfilled. But right? you know, yeah, you just got to deal with it and. Uh, uh, that's not my goal. Uh, anyway, uh, just kidding around. All right, Fred Jackson, you have a, a more serious question for Jenna to close out this interview? Yeah, we were talking off the top of the show, Jenna, about the Biden papers and uh, the mysterious discovery of those papers at his former Penn Biden Center back in November, early, just before the election last fall. Basic question, how do you think this is going to turn out we all know how the Justice Department went after the former president, went down to Mar-a-Lago, big FBI raid down there. Uh, what's going to happen with this one? It does, I think, put the attorney general in perhaps somewhat of an awkward situation. Yeah, well, first, I think it's so ironic that there's something called a Biden think tank. Um, yes. That is that's oxymoronic, right? <laughs> so um, so that was, I think, the that's biggest very uh, that, That's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> this whole story, that was the first thing I laughed at. But, but also the timing of this. Why didn't we hear about this before the midterms? That's very suspicious. Are we only hearing about this because there's a new Republican majority in Congress? Uh, I think that Jim Jordan and this new uh, trend... Uh, Transparency in Government and uh, Against the Weaponizing of Government Committee may look into this. I think that they should. But uh, but ultimately, you're right um, that the Attorney General is now going to be confronted with 
either being a hypocrite and ignoring someone who wasn't even the sitting president. I mean, think about this. If their allegation was that even the sitting president who has the ability to declassify anything at any time under the law, if that wasn't even a sufficient defense for Donald Trump, then how much more should Joe Biden as the vice president have a criminal referral then? So I think ultimately... Uh, If it continues, he's going to have to appoint a special master, just like everyone was condemning Trump for. And uh, as much as this story, I think, is a big deal in terms of pointing out the hypocrisy, I don't really have any confidence that it's going to uh, result in any criminal charges, mainly because it was so overblown with Donald Trump to begin with. This was always just a custodial dispute. And so I'd encourage people, point out the hypocrisy, but don't be calling for sanctions or prosecutions of Biden that we opposed with Donald Trump. Amen. All right. <clears throat> special, you said appointment of a special master, what'd you say? Yeah, so so someone who is independent that can review the evidence that would be appointed by the DOJ, because right now Biden is the chief executive uh, law enforcement official in the country. And so if he if Merrick Garland wants to not look like he has a conflict of interest, he should appoint an independent special master or a special master of the universe. I think you could also appoint uh, he could appoint that. Biden thinks he can, right? <laughs> he All right. knows what month that is. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thank you, Jenna. We look forward to tomorrow's show. We appreciate it. What is your uh, – how can people follow you on the Internet? Thanks so much. You can find me across all social media platforms at Jenna Ellis ESQ. And the Jenna Ellis in the Morning uh, Facebook and Twitter pages are now up. So please follow that. You can see all of the clips and so forth from the show. And I look forward to seeing everyone uh, each and every morning on Jenna Ellis in the Morning. All right, Jenna. Take care. Thank you. That's Jenna Ellis. Uh, Ray, what do you think about what she shared? Well, I would just meditating to myself she is extremely well spoken mm-hmm. and you just listen to her you ask her anything tim and look we can all talk right we know how to talk but to talk and say something as well spoken as jenna just did and answering in in, in it's unbelievable i am so glad that yeah. we that she's part now of the network and i'm not surprised that god has given her i know she said an audience one, but I'm not surprised God has opened up such a big platform for her. Uh, tremendous. And, folks, if you haven't, I've checked right. out her program. It's tremendous. Yeah, so. absolutely. Uh, we're so glad to have Jenna. <clears throat> you know, when Sandy came, uh, whenever it was, back in October, and said, uh, Tim, I'm going to retire <laughs> in uh, a month or something like that. And I said, uh, I don't receive that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh you're not going to you know no uh she said sandy said you know been doing this for 10 years and i'm older and uh i, I can't keep up the daily grind of getting up at four in the morning and doing an hour show by myself i'd like to go to, to a podcast which would give me more freedom so walker and i then went on a mission walker wildman to uh we were a two-person search committee <clears throat> to find somebody you know, to fill that seven to eight o'clock slot in the morning that uh, would be akin to what Sandy delivered. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, everybody has their own different personalities and life experiences, so they're not all this, you know, nobody, it's all the same. But, uh, but, uh, so Jenna, you know, we learned, uh, didn't know Jenna, 
personally. Yeah. Knew of her, but didn't mm-hmm. know her personally. Mm-hmm. So Walker and I began to uh, reach out and have discussions and learned that uh, Jenna is just the person we were looking for. Mm-hmm. Talking about God, putting things together, you know. Uh, we could have. We could have done a thousand resumes and not find somebody uh, as astute as Jenny is on current events, politics, government, constitution, and the Bible, and can communicate. Yes. You know, so we're, Ray, as you say, we're very delighted to have Jenna as on our team here at American Family Radio. You're listening to today's issues on AFR. I just, I never, before this whole thing with the, uh, the, documents the what do you call them the classified documents in, mm-hmm. at mar-a-largo and now the pen biden center at the pen <laughs> what did you say she was shocked there was a, a biden think tank <laughs> that was funny <laughs> but i never heard the term rape special master right we've heard special prosecutor right yeah we've heard special, that. special master special counsel. Sound like, right. it sounded like a like i said like a show on saturday morning Next up, the special masters <laughs> will be fighting the bad guys. Right. Uh, but anyway, evidently it's a what an independent judge mm-hmm. that that decides. Trump's lawyers it, ask for a special uh, yeah, master. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. All right, Christopher, what else you got? Well, this sounds like I'm making it up, uh, but we have mentioned uh, our president, Joe Biden, here, uh, and he's in the news for many things, of course. He's uh, in Mexico where he's having – uh, a sit down with people like Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau and the president of uh, Mexico to talk about things like migration and climate change or whatnot. But one of the other things that's kind of uh, been made known is uh, is a comment from our president, Joe Biden, who apparently confused the Salvation Army with the Secret Service. I'm not making this up. I'll share the link here in a second. Huh? Yeah, this is according to Yahoo uh, which is a funny name for a news outlet covering what I'm about to describe. But President Biden was introduced to members of the Salvation Army during Saturday's or Sunday's visit to El Paso when Biden approached one of the Salvation Army members and said, quote, I spent some time with the Secret Service in Poland and Ukraine, apparently mixing up the Secret Service with the Salvation Army. We don't have that, do we? I do not have the audio, no, sir. I read that story last night, and even for Biden, I thought, man, this is a new low. You're confusing the Salvation Army for the for the Secret Service. Mm-hmm. Now you gotta you gotta have the setting here, Ray. Did you see this? Did you read about I, this? I, yeah, I, re- I read the article. Okay, so it sounds bizarre. Mm-hmm. We say that a lot with Biden too now, don't we? But uh, it's so. Uh, bless his heart. He uh, he flies all the way. He goes to El Paso. First time in eighty years he's been to the border, our American southern border. And uh, to do his, uh, you know, photo op, walk through in uh, three hours, then he's back on Air Force One coming back to D.C. So he can check the box and say, I went to the border mm-hmm. when you guys say I didn't. So anyway, as part of his three hours, he went to the Salvation Army or he met the Salvation Army person. I saw a photo of that. On the ground. On that meeting, yes. I don't know that he went to the Salvation Army uh, building. I just know he met the Salvation Army representative. Yes. For the El Paso area. Uh, and walks up to him <laughs> and says to him, uh, what did you say? Quote, I spent some time with the Secret Service in Poland and Ukraine. Okay, if I'm a Salvation Army guy, I'm going, right? I'm going, what, where, where did that come from? Right. 
What's well, the appropriate reply? But you know? th- does he? It, it, the, it sounds like he thinks Biden thinks the uniform of the of the Salvation Army of the Salvation Army is that of a of a Secret Service. Uh, that doesn't seem doesn't seem likely, does it? What what is there any other context to this, Christopher? Not that I'm aware know. of. Um, somebody did question why is this news only on conservative or right wing sites? Yeah, I know it's a cover up by mainstream media, and <clears throat> videos can never be reworked or edited. I, I don't know. I I didn't see the video. It said it was caught on hot mic. Yeah. So uh, I'm just saying this is just another day. Uh, Mr. Biden exemplifying that he is sliding downhill in terms of his cognitive uh, abilities. Mm-hmm. And uh, as I've said before, try not to make, not making fun of, of that as a disease, if that's what you want to call it, if he's got Alzheimer's or if he's got dementia, that's not funny. But when you, Present yourself as the president of the United States of America. Well, you are the president of the United States of America. So, therefore, you open yourself up to critique and criticism on how you behave, the things you say, how you say them. Uh, That's true of all presidents. And certainly, if you're demonstrating that your mental faculties are sliding downhill and you're the leader of the free world, that is concerning it's humorous a lot of times, uh, like this. It, for a man to say this, confused the Salvation Army with the Secret Service in where? El Paso. No, but I mean, where was he saying I serve with the Secret Service? Oh, in uh, in in Europe. Yeah, what? what you going? Where did that come from? Right. Yeah. But uh, but he's he's called uh, Harris the the president now Multiple again times. and again and again. So I mean. Um, and then he says he wants to run for president again. And mm-hmm. Does he know what year? <laughs> I mean, this is really, I think the Democrats are going to have to figure some way out to mm-hmm. send him to the pasture. He, uh, his first campaign was in 1988, so we're almost 40 years. He needs to go to somewhere campaign. called, you know, Happy Valley or, <laughs> or, or Spring Life <laughs> re- Retirement Home or something. We'll be back in five minutes. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.